Welcome to the Incremental Revival Podcast, where our goal is to help you, our church members, better understand the what and the why behind all that we do here as a church. My name is Michael. I'm here with Pastor Eric Durso. Eric, how are you today? I'm doing fine. It's a good day. I like the kind of cloudy weather. And happy that it's not as hot as it was maybe a month ago. Sure. I'd prefer a bit more sun myself. Mm. Speaking of which, Eric, did you know that someday when we are in eternity with our Lord and Savior, he himself will be the light that fills. There will be no need for a sun, for his glory will shine like the sun. That's that's true. That's uh but we're not there yet, Revelation. Eric. We're not there yet. We were singing a song recently about that, you and I and some men. But we're not there yet. And until we're there, glory land. we want, yeah, Gloryland, the song. But until we're there, yeah. our desire, we are not yet like him, is to become more like him. Mm-hmm. Even in our unglorified state, in our earthly bodies, And one of the ways we do that, Paul tells us, is by disciplining ourselves for godliness. Wow, there that was a good introduction. So how'd you like that segue? The cloudiness of the day to the the glory of Christ. To the glory of Christ, to spiritual disciplines. Because we ourselves want to shine. Smooth is better, right? Like lights in the world. We do. How do we do that without becoming godly? How do we become godly? We want and we want people, even though they can't behold his glory, like we will someday now, to see his glory in us. Yeah. All right. So spiritual All disciplines that to is say, what we're talking about. Paul tells us to discipline ourselves for godliness. In other words, we want to be spiritually disciplined. Spiritually disciplined. And so we're talking about spiritual disciplines. Let's just talk about discipline first, and then yeah. we'll get the idea, and we'll start talking about spiritual disciplines. What do you want to say about discipline? Uh, I'm just going to say, if you want to do anything well in any field, your job, your sport, your family, you have to exercise discipline. I mean, most of the people listening to this podcast wake up at a certain hour, five days a week, so that they won't be late to work. They've disciplined themselves to do that, even though it's hard, even though they don't want to get up. Mm-hmm. They've, they've learned to say no to the impulse to hit snooze 17 times so that they can get up and not lose their job. Um, you were an all-American athlete. Right? I was. Right? Playing Mr. Modest over there. You disciplined yourself. Mm-hmm. You had to discipline yourself to learn to run. You're probably really tired at some points, and you just go, well, I got to say no to my desire to rest right now. I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going to keep going. You discipline yourself. You want to get good at any job? Uh, you discipline yourself. You want to have a family that has some structure. You want to have a family where you're, you know, maybe a parent, you're discipling your children. You have to discipline yourself. You can't just go by your impulses, turn on the TV every time you get home and play video games th- through the night. Got to discipline. Mm-hmm. So we, we all know discipline matters, but for many of us, spiritual disciplines are challenging 
to really give ourselves to saying no to things that are urgent, things that we want, things that are not bad, but they're, um, you know, they're maybe just take up some time. It's hard to be disciplined to pursue godliness sometimes. In part because the discipline towards godliness, it's not typically, it doesn't feel like an immediate payoff. No, you don't, you know, we in our day and age, we just have short attention spans and many things that we spend times engaging in or watching or consuming are like quick hits, basically. Right. So, and, well, and, and discipline for godliness, it just, it just takes time. You're not always going to see the fruit immediately. Yes, you're going to be in some of these disciplines drawn to the Lord and to worship him in the moment, but it doesn't produce the same immediate effect always. Growth is often slow in the Christian enterprise. Yeah, that's true. That is true. We'll talk about that even more later on. Um, but starting, this idea that we are to be disciplined is very important. And so you, listener, uh, you can evaluate, are you a disciplined person? Are you a disciplined mm-hmm. Christian? Do you discipline yourself for godliness? Um, one of the things we need to just clear up is a theological issue, and that is the issue of sanctification. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's helpful to really understand how God intends to grow us. On some, in some uh, circles, you have this idea that God um, does all the growth in you, and to the degree that you are passive, that you just kind of have to wait on God to grow you or change you. You let go and you let God. Um, you surrender your life. You are laying your life down. There's that's kind of sometimes the language that's used in those circles. And he'll pick it up at some point. Yeah, you're just you. Your job is just keep getting yourself on the altar. Just keep being the sacrifice. Just keep laying yourself down. And it misses something, though. It misses something because there's we're not passive. Um, on one hand, we can say, yeah, it's all God. Any good that comes out of my life is, is the work of God, of course. But the means by which God changes me is through my own faith-filled, grace-motivated effort. So when you read the New Testament, you have words like strive for holiness, the kind of holiness without which you won't see the Lord, or you know, pursue righteousness, flee from sin, pursue Run the righteousness. race. Run the race that's set before you. Exercise self-control. Strive. Mm-hmm. Uh, make every, Second walk Peter, make every worthy. effort to put on these various virtues. Yeah, walk in a manner worthy. So there's act, action words, effort mm-hmm. words. So Did if, you even say sacrifice? Sacrifice. You think of the, the idea of Romans 12, 1 and 2 is laying your life down as sacrifice. Yeah. So any concept of growth that doesn't require those things is sub-biblical. So if you want to grow and you're listening to this, um, (laughs) you need to understand, get ready to work, get ready to Mm -hmm. toil, get ready to put in some effort, get ready to strive, uh, get ready to pursue, work really hard. And I think people, 
don't discipline themselves for godliness because they don't think it should be that hard. Yeah. They're like, why is it so hard? They, they don't resist sin because they think it should be easy. Mm-hmm. But no real verse or concept in the Bible should lead us to believe that, yeah, this should all be very easy for us because the words are all words of effort and strain. That's great. And growth is, I think, a key concept here. You can think of like when a plant grows, like if you've ever had a garden and you plant a seed, right? You ha- there's Things have to happen there. And on the outside, sometimes it looks like things are just going along normal and this is what happens. But on the inside of this plant, there's like a million things happening at once where like, you know, photosynthesis is happening and light is being taken in and water is being taken in and like uh, carbon dioxide or whatever is like being released. Or I don't know, you know, plants and are you can't the environment. observe any of that when you you're can't just observe any it. of that. And so sometimes you fool ourselves into thinking like it should just happen. Like I plant the seed and that's it. Right. But the plant's actually working very, very hard. But the plant needs particular things. Your grass needs fertilizer. Your trees need water. And if you've got a tomato plant that doesn't get any water, you're going to have no tomatoes, right? No. As a Christian, there's effort involved. But it's not just like effort that's, I'm just going to try this thing because it seems like a good idea. God has actually given us things that we often term and coined the term, the means of grace. We did not coin this term. No. Others have coined it. We take it <laughs> up and is, pick it and borrow it as our own. This is a, a penny long, we found on the ground. Um, long line of Christians throughout centuries have used the language of the means of grace. And think of means of grace like channels that God has mm-hmm. given us that through using them, he provides transformative power um, so that we can we can change and grow. Yeah, this is the right soil, the fertilizer, the water, the components needed for healthy growth in your Christian life. Putting yourself in the right environment where God grows you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're you're like, I'm going to discipline myself for godliness, but then you, the way you do it is by trying all these things that God hasn't uh, said are the ways to grow and change. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm going to run a mile every day, which wouldn't be bad. And I'm going to um, start journaling, which again, wouldn't be bad. And I'm going to do start, a cold plunge every morning. And I'm going to do a cold <laughs> plunge. Wouldn't be bad. Uh, Just painful. That would be great. Fine. Okay. That's not going to be making you godly because God Mm -hmm. hasn't said to do those things. God hasn't made those things channels through which he provides his transformative grace. And the things he has said that we ought to do, we can limit it to three things. Uh, He commands us to be taking in his word. He commands us to be praying to him. Mm -hmm. And he commands us to be fellowshipping with his body. And there's like sub-disciplines that you can do under that, like Bible intake. That could refer to listening to sermons and reading and meditating and even journaling as a way of meditation. Or you could look at prayer and writing your prayers or uh, meditation that results in prayer, things like that. Fellowship, all the different accountability and counseling and discipleship and um, those. So they're all kind of sub-disciplines. But if you look at those three main things, those we would say, those are the means of grace. Yeah, God shapes us as we give ourselves to these things mm-hmm. and he makes us more godly. Yeah, you can think uh, Michael Reeves in the book Authentic Ministry describes the Christian life as inhaling 
scripture and exhaling in prayer. And then of course there's fellowship in there and that's included in this book as well. But like most focusedly, you need to be breathing as a Christian that is to true. live and the way you inhale and exhale is God's word and then communion with God in prayer. Other than the truth of that point you just made, my favorite part of what you just said was the word focusedly. Is that not a word? I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying it was my favorite part of what you just said, other than the great <laughs> other than point the truth that you made. So, so when we talk about disciplines, we have to be careful. Because in my day, I, I don't know if this is especially just my experience as a youth pastor. Um, I, it's also, I think. Just I think a, maybe it's not a word. No, probably not. Yeah. Keep on. Um, I think my, my hunch mm-hmm. is that there are a lot of people out there who evaluate their spiritual maturity by the simple fact of doing devotions or how often you read your Bible. Mm. How much do you pray? How involved are you in the church? And you gauge your holiness by that. And it's, uh, with some people, it's like a simple one-to-one correlation. Like the longer your Bible reading, the more holy you are. Like you get more hours in the word, that means you're yeah. more holy. More time in prayer, more holy. And there's a, there's a potential to misjudge our actual growth, mm-hmm. thinking I do my devotions, therefore I'm a holy person. Therefore I'm growing in godliness. Not necessarily true. Pharisees were very disciplined uh-huh. and knew their Old Testament scriptures and they were very ungodly. Yeah, you. it's really interesting too because you can think through a lot of church history and actually how scripture speaks about these things. It most clearly says to meditate on scripture and the blessed man in Psalm 1 who is truly happy and fulfilled and blessed because he knows the Lord. He delights in the law of the Lord. And what does it lead him to do? He meditates on it day and night. It's not just that he does it for a period, but it's that in some sense, it's the idea of praying without ceasing as well. It's a continual and underlying reality that he is feeding on these things. Everything and mulling them life, over and thinking on them. Everything in his life he takes in. He takes in. He sees in the light of God's truth and revelation. Mm-hmm. So the meditation, the word is the framework through which he thinks about everything. You you can only do that if you meditate on it and you think about it. You're constantly you're chewing thinking on, on God's thoughts. Um, uh, the other thing is if you don't have the proper goal for the disciplines, you end up becoming a legalist. The, the, mm. di- the disciplines themselves become, like I was saying earlier, they become the measuring, uh, the way you measure your, your holiness. So I, I do them really consistently. I'm, I'm good. I do them very inconsistently. I'm bad. And we, we can then uh, lower, God's standard is actually much higher than just doing your devotions. But we can think, well, as long as I'm doing yeah. my devotions, I'm okay. And in, because God's in, standard is not do these things to get them done. It's these things fuel your righteous and holy living. Yeah. They fuel, they help us to know him. They help us to see him as he is mm-hmm. and treasure him. 
fuel so, true worship. Probably my heart. favorite verse that relates to the spiritual disciplines to help us see it in the right way is Second Corinthians three eighteen, where he says, "We all and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit." There's like a whole theology of spiritual disciplines in this, if you think about it, because he's describing how as we behold the Lord, we behold the glory of the Lord. Mm. We are transformed into his image. And so right there, you get the whole point of any spiritual discipline is to see God more clearly. Mm-hmm. So, so why do we read the, the word? Not to just have it read, but to see Christ in it. Why do we pray that we might know him better? Why do we fellowship with one another that we might know him better? So all of beholding or all of our disciplines are for the purpose of beholding. As you behold the Lord, you become like him. It says you're transformed into the same image. And the other thing you get from this, this is really important. It says from one degree of glory to another, meaning it's not instantaneous. It's Mm -hmm. very small. So your reading of the Bible is not just to read it. It's to behold. Your praying is to behold. Your fellowship is to behold Christ. And as you're beholding him, you're becoming like him. He's shaping you and transforming you. And the way that you become like him is not instantaneous, but gradual by degrees. And so if you lose sight of the idea that you're trying to behold Christ and you turn it into a ritual that you just kind of check the box, you're not going to grow. So we should always come to the word saying, Lord, I want to see you more clearly. Who are you, Lord? Help me to see you. We're praying that we might know him. Mm-hmm. And that gives us the right focus and prevents us from being uh, duped into thinking that we're more righteous because we spend more time reading the Bible. And so we ask ourselves questions like, am I doing this in the way that produces a clear side of God that leads me to worship him. Yeah. And if something else is being produced, I mean, we can just be prideful in the knowledge we acquire sitting quietly on our own every morning, understanding more. Yeah. But it's like, it shouldn't just be, I know this, put it in my pocket. It's, that's remarkable. I'm praising God for that. It's so interesting how much of the Christian life is truly like, like, like get as many, like th- what you're talking about now beholding him is what we will do in eternity. And that's what the apostle John speaks of when he says that we- You're preaching on this in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we will see him as he is, he says in 1 John 3, for we will be like him. Mm -hmm. And and we're just like, we want to taste that now because we know we're going to enjoy that for eternity. And it's like, if I can have a taste of eternity today, I want it, (laughs) right? It's like when you go to yogurt land and they give you the, the little cups, it's yeah. like you want to get as many of those little cups as they might possibly give you. you right? Your illustrations are on point these last few weeks. Thanks. Remember the leading the horse to, to or the fish? So that, that one was, <laughs> I am trying, all right? Things fish, are just popping in my head. Fish man, yogurt man. Uh, you did the horse and the man. fish thing, and I didn't know what you were talking about. I brought up the fish one. That's right. But you know how you, you go and it's like, give me as many sample cups as I can because then I'm just going to buy less yogurt. Yeah. Well, you're still going to have as much yogurt in the end in eternity. But like, get all the free samples you can. It's like going to Costco, but it's even better. So you're saying, just to get this right, 
the sampling that we enjoy of the yogurt represents the the uh, way we can behold Christ now yes. in our disciplines. Yes, just trying to bring it down. Just put to, the cookies on the to, bottom shelf. Yeah, right? Help everybody understand it. Very good. Um, so, discipline. This is what comes out of youth ministry. Yep, yep. I understand. Been there, done that. So, okay. What I wouldn't want to say, though, just to kind of help people not feel discouraged. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you start talking about, it's about beholding God. Yeah. And people go, <laughs> I get up, I'm tired, I need my coffee, I open my Bible, I'm in Second Kings, I and, read. And I fall asleep for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I fall asleep, I, I pray, I, my mind Raise your wanders. hand if you've fallen asleep reading your Bible. I have not. Oh, I totally have. I, I, I don't, you fall asleep doing everything. I don't know how you do it. I can't I've fall asleep okay, if pause. I'm doing I've never anything. fallen asleep at my desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't fall asleep while I'm reading, but. I definitely wander. Like I tried mm. praying and my mind's all over the place. Right. I read my Bible and I think, what in the world did I just read? Missed it. Like totally missed it. Especially if you're doing your devotions, maybe on the margins early in the morning, you're waking up, you're trying to be disciplined that way, or maybe you're doing it before you go to bed and it's like the lights are dim. And So I wouldn't want to say that you failed right. if you got up, did your devotions, prayed and you didn't have this great experience of beholding the Lord. Like, I don't want to evaluate your disciplines mm-hmm. based on the experience you have one morning. Um, so that's, that's not it. However, I would say, just to kind of balance that, is there should be a delight. We, we want mm-hmm. to delight in the Lord and his word. And we want to seek that. We want to stir our hearts. We want to... There is an experiential side of Christianity mm-hmm. where the Lord promises joy, that his word brings life and refreshment and true wisdom. And so we should seek those things um, and pray for those things. But the fact of the matter is a lot of times you just have to be disciplined and you discipline yourself, you discipline yourself, you just do it, you go through it. You pray and you trust yeah. that God is actually at work in all these things. So, Eric, as we think about that, and we and we need to be we need to be disciplined in this. We need to be pursuing it. We need to be steadfast in it. Um, but you're kind of hinting at the fact that sometimes this is it doesn't produce the, the results we want immediately because we get distracted and we don't see the glory and time just ran out because I got to go to work or I'm falling asleep, or who knows what. What are some reasons that you think up we, reasons that you think we give up on discipline and, and maybe fizzle out when we started strong? Okay, so let's say you're listening right now and you've, you know you need to read your Bible and you know you need to pray, you just don't do it very much. And so you are amongst the group of people who would admit, I've kind of fizzled. I've fizzled out. My disciplines are weak. I'm actually not very spiritually disciplined. Um, if that's you, it, try to identify whether it's because of the next four things we're about to talk about. If Maybe this is why. First, maybe you forgot the glory. And what I mean by that is the glory of Christ. The, that's the whole idea of the 
passage in Second Corinthians is we need to see the glory. The fundamental driving um, engine that makes us do become disciplined is Christ is that glorious. He mm -hmm. is that precious. He is that valuable. And if we know that, then we want to know him more and we discipline ourselves to know him more. Yeah, we ask ourselves the question, is knowing Christ truly of surpassing worth to everything else? Related to that then is if you're not disciplined and it's because you're not seeing the glory, the next thing should be, well, are you desperate enough? Because if you're not seeing the glory of Christ and wanting to worship him and pursue him, it's because there's a blindness. It's not because he's less glorious. It's because you're mm -hmm. not seeing it. So then the question is, can you discipline yourself to get up and beg <laughs> and to say, God, please open my eyes. Yeah. Please help me to see. Or to say, um, Lord, I'm, I've, I sin against you when I don't recognize your glory. Yeah. I, when I don't treat you as holy and I don't treat you as precious, I am, I am sinning against your We're saying something majesty. untrue about God. So you forget the glory would be, have you forgotten the glory and majesty of Christ? And so you're not compelled to pursue yeah. him. One of the reasons we sometimes forget the glory is because small, adding up, busy items in life just take over. Right, I got to do this. I got to do laundry. I got to mow the lawn. Like I got to work out. I got to the, the soil right? where the the cares of the world choke out the word. Exactly. And um, in a book I was reading with Mark, that's actually tailored towards pastors and preachers, but it's talking about the need to be godly. What book? Uh, the Preacher's Catechism right. by Lewis Allen. Um, he he just at one point says maybe the lawn needs to grow extra long, and you know you need to not work out or you need to forego the other thing that's on your to-do list. The garage is going to be dirty. The car is not going to be clean. Why? Well, because godliness is more important than even those things that seem important that's or, really or that are very noticeable and getting a little bit disheveled. Like let those things go for a minute because the demands or the, the need to see God's glory on display in his word, in your life, is more important than your neighbors to think your yard, your yard is well manicured. Yeah, let your yard and go. You'll, you'll Don't let there, your heart go. Right? No. You'll get there when you yeah. can't get through it. <laughs> and it's up to your knees. Okay, so have you forgotten the glory? Second, have you forgot the goal? Mm. And the goal of the disciplines, like we were saying earlier, is not just to get the disciplines done, but godliness. So yep. when, when Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 7, rather train yourself for godliness. Um. Don Whitney in his book on the spiritual disciplines, I shared this with the men's equipping group. Mm -hmm. He tells the story of a boy who's six years old sitting there with his guitar. He's trying to take lessons. He's not very good. He's, you know, fingers hurt because he's they're they're not calloused yet. And he's just frustrated and his drudgery. He doesn't want to do it. Why should I do this? And then in the story, he's like, okay, an angel appears to little Kevin. And he says, let me take you somewhere. And he takes little Kevin to this Carnegie, Carnegie Hall and it's packed with a crowd that's eager to see the performer and the performer comes out on the stage and it's a guitar player and the guitar player plays magnificently. His fingers moved deftly and he plays this great song 
And the little boy says to the angel, who's that? And the angel says, well, that's you if you discipline yourself. Now that boy then is zapped back into his six-year-old self in his room with his guitar. But the discipline that he needs to exercise to attain to excellence at the guitar suddenly is becoming a delight because he knows what it will produce. Mm-hmm. Now he goes, oh, that, that's what I can become? The freedom of just being able to play like that? Um, to be that kind of skilled musician? In the same way, if you lose sight of the goal, like you can be a godly person. You, by the grace of God, can be holy. Mm-hmm. You can be free from that sin. You can be fruitful in ministry. You can. Maybe in ways you can yet imagine, just like this illustration. Yeah. So if we were to like take you and look here, here's here you are 30 years from now, and look at how the Lord is using you. Look at the the joy in your heart that the Lord has given you. Look at how you're stable through trials. Look at how you don't struggle with anxiety like you do now. Look at how your mind is saturated with scripture so that it's as if when you're involved with others, it's, you're just overflowing with it and speaking it to them. Yeah, so that's godliness. But you've forgotten that you could be that way. And mm-hmm. you're so caught up with your right now that you don't think about that very much. So you're not motivated. So maybe the reason you're, you're not disciplined is because you're not thinking about the end goal. You're not training yourself for godliness. And, uh, and you need to think about that. You need to think about this is going to produce something really good in my life. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the third thing you might have forgotten, and that's why you're not disciplined, is you forget the pace. And you mentioned this earlier, Michael. What we mean by that is you've forgotten that this happens by degrees. And it's a lifetime. Yeah. You thought this would be instant godliness. You thought this would happen in a week. You thought this would happen in a year. You're frustrated that you're still struggling and you're still going through the same issues, not realizing this is decades in the making. Yeah. It's not microwavable. No. Um, and so we need to be very patient. And, and so some guys, uh, I can't believe I'm still where I am now. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm frustrated. I'm discouraged because I should be much more holy than I am. Maybe they should. Maybe they should. And, and there may be real reasons for that. But they, they should then remember the grace of God, remember the gospel, remember their identity, and not give up and trust that the Lord in his timing is going to be working in them. Yes. It's, not, it's, not a, um, it's not something that we can just zap into existence. So we plod along faithfully and we trust that God is, in fact, working in these things. Yep, applaud. It's like a slow, heavy step that gets to where it means to go, but it takes some time. Yeah, not applaud like clapping. Yes. Applaud like P-L-O-D. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, you've never seen Ezra grow and change in front of your eyes. You, If you take who he is right now and compare him to baby pictures, mm-hmm. you'll know he's changed a lot. Quite a bit. But you never saw that change before your eyes and, and observed it. That happened imperceptibly over over four years. Yeah. Even when children are so young, it's like, oh, I'm thinking about how they were a month ago. You know, I think about Asher. He's a baby right now. He's six months. Like, wow, he's so different than he was a month ago. Look at what he's doing. But in the moment, sometimes I can recognize him doing a new thing, but I don't recognize that he's gaining weight in 
a minute or that he's features are changing. Yeah. Right. And And all those sorts of things you it's. And so when we think about this and we think about growth, I think one of the ways we need to be encouraged is so often like um, David does in the Psalms or um, you can just think of when history uh, Israel (laughs) recounts in their history, what God has done for them. They're looking back and they're recounting the wondrous deeds of God. I think for Christians, they can look back their life and they can say, okay, over the past five years, over the past decade, okay, I've only been saved for three months. Over the past three months, I know that there's evidences of the grace of God in my life. And I want to remember them to remind me that yes, he does work and he has worked in my life. And I ought not to doubt that he can even now. Mm -hmm. And that even in some of our, hardship, even if it's just self-inflicted, I'm not growing in godliness. Um, he's working and he wants to use that. The other thing I'm just thinking, it's not on our list, but we sang it recently. I asked the Lord that I might grow. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the answer to the prayer that we might grow is that he afflicts us and that he makes us feel the evils of our hearts. And so sometimes- The uncomfortable work of God, but, but he humbles you us. You sometimes think you're doing far worse than you know last year Mm -hmm. you feel like you've become less holy you feel like Mm -hmm. you've and what actually is happening is god is being gracious to you and he's showing you a little more accurately a picture of your heart so that you might humble yourself and trust him more but it feels like you've backslidden yeah yeah but you haven't or god has just shown you how much you desperately need him Mm -hmm. aren't the godliest people you've you've known in your life those individuals who have a true sense of humility before the Lord because they just have grown in such a way that they are still so aware though, that there's so much farther to go if we're to be more and more like Christ. Of sins that we go like, oh, that's not a big deal. Yeah, (laughs) And they go, no, this this all sin um, is a big deal. The last thing, maybe you've forgotten, maybe you've given up on discipline because you've forgotten the promises. Mm. And what I mean by that is you've forgotten that you know psalm 19 says the word of god makes the simple wise and it Uh revives and refreshes the heart and it enlightens us Um, you've forgotten that it'll make you like a tree planted by streams of water Um, you've forgotten that god what god said about prayer that he'll answer it according to his will yes and no (laughs) yeah both answers you've forgotten what god intends to do in your life through fellowship and and so you've the body's meant to encourage you. Yeah, they are you there grow exactly, you to build you up. So there's, you're maybe just forgetting what God has said he intends to do with you. And, and so you need to remember this is God's promise. It is a certainty. By faith, believe him mm-hmm. and give yourself to Bible intake, to prayer and to fellowship and the various disciplines and trust the lord absolutely there is blessing when we seek to honor the lord in these ways yeah and he works through his spirit yeah in these very means and we see that throughout scripture eric if um someone is wanting to be more disciplined in their walk and they just need okay i i'm on board with this i understand the need for this i see that even if i'm reading my bible and praying every day that there's room for me to grow which we can all say i think we should all recognize that mm-hmm. you know and in, in my fellowship with the church there's, there's there's these three areas we can grow in them um give me the first step 
Like what's step number one, basically for almost anybody, wherever we are. If you're like, I really want to become more disciplined, I'd say, ask God for help. Pray. Mm -hmm. Go to him. Second, I'd say, ask others for help. Ask them to pray for you. Get other people who know you. Tell them what you want to do. Tell them why you want to do it and say, I can't do it without God's help. But I also want your help. I want you to pray for me. Mm -hmm. Um, the third thing I would say is don't leave it in the abstract theoretical. Don't say things like, I want to read my Bible more. That's very vague. It doesn't, it's not concrete. Um, in the counseling thing I was taught when you're trying to help people change, you need to tell them change doesn't happen in fuzzy land. And what is meant by that is sorry, fuzzy. Yeah. Sorry. Fuzzy doesn't change there. But what's meant by that is it doesn't happen in the abstract. It doesn't happen in the theoretical. Change happens in concrete, real-life situations where you make uh, changes to actual situations. So if you were wanting to change, I'd say make plans. Tell me what you'll do tomorrow morning that's going to be different than what you did this morning. Write it down. Um, think it through. And again, if you want to be disciplined, I said this to the men's equipping group Saturday, if you want to be disciplined, you have to change more than just one thing. For instance, if you want to wake up early to read your Bible, you're going to have to go to bed earlier. If you're going to go to bed earlier, you're going to have to turn off the TV earlier. If you're going to turn off the TV early, you've got to change your whole night routine when you put the kids to bed. If you're going to change that, you got to talk about teaching your kids when you're going to put them to bed and why and hold to that. In other words, discipline, if you're going to, is, is whole life restructuring, mm -hmm. but you have to plan it. So sometimes it's good to get a pad of paper and a pen and think through and write down your schedule and your changes. So if I were like, if you were sitting with me and I'm trying to help you become disciplined, I would, I would tell you, okay, you want to read your Bible? Tell me when, okay, eight o'clock tomorrow morning for how long? Okay, what are you going to read? Okay, what's the reading plan? Um, how are you going to pray? Mm -hmm. So I, I would try to get very specific. There's just a real reality to all of this. A very real reality. I mean, reality is very real. Yes, thank you. That was a, you know, double statement of the same thing. There's a, double a reality. <laughs> that was another example. <laughs> I'm just speaking twice here. There's a reality that you just have to do these things at some point. Yeah. Like you can make the plan to wake up and you'll never do it because you don't do it, right? And every, you know, and for three months, you'll be saying, oh yeah, I, I'm trying to start reading my Bible at this time. But you know, every day it's like an hour later. It's like, okay. Or, or it's an hour later and so you don't do it because you have other responsibilities. Yeah. Nike, just do it. <laughs> just have to do it at some point. Trusting in God by yep. faith. Banking on him entirely and do it, do it, um, make a decision, get active, strive, pursue, um, agonize, toil, work, Walk. make every effort. And you know, there'll be road bumps, you know, you're going to, you're going to be on a great trajectory and then you're going to go on vacation and things are just going to be a little bit off and, and don't different time yeah, zone don't or something panic and don't think, Oh, I failed again. Yeah. Like that, this happens. You're going to get sick. Your wife's going to have a baby. Your work's going to get more stressful. You, you're going to have to pick up overtime. Like there's a 
there's a ton of things that could, you will mess it up that could that's okay alter pieces of this but consistency is helpful the whole that, idea is it's right? not it's and not meant building to be another a pattern law. yeah it's not another law things. that god is just laying on us to discourage us it's um it's his grace it's an invitation mm-hmm. and then i would say it's also good to set aside times for reevaluation so maybe you would say make your plan now put it on paper tell tell someone else get someone to do it with you don't make the plan alone I, that's the other uh-huh. thing i don't think i said it if you make a plan, tell someone and better yet, get them to do it with you. And, and then set a time in a month. And if it's your first time doing it, maybe at the end of this week, maybe how did week, I do? Yeah. How did it go? Where did I fail? Maybe I made plans that weren't really realistic and I got to tweak them. <laughs> and maybe I've made a lot of progress and I need to yeah. be encouraged and just note and like praise God for the progress. So set times of evaluation to, to celebrate the grace of God of whatever baby steps you have taken forward uh, to, to change the plan, but to always be seeking to be working hard to grow and change. Always learning, yep. always growing mindset. And I like that. Just as Dr. Marvin would say, baby steps. Dr. Marvin. That's right. Baby steps. Is that from? What about, Bob? what about Bob? I have only seen that once. But that's not what this podcast is about. This is about spiritual disciplines. That's all we got. Praise the Lord. We'll see you next time. See you next time. <laughs>